Hey everyone, welcome to the next edition of PropTech Talks, where we talk with successful PropTech founders, investors, and real estate executives about their journeys to where they are today, the nuances of the modern real estate industry, and how to capitalize on them. We're here with Walter Merkenstein, the co-founder and CEO of Layout. Walter, thanks for coming on. Love it. Thanks a lot, Matthew, for, for having me. Very exciting day today. Cool. To start it off, we'd like to hear about how you started off and who you are and your journey so far and how you got to eventually founding Layout. So uh, would you like to tell us a little bit about all of that? For sure. Yeah, it's, it's quite, a, quite a funny story, actually. I met my co-founder, Cristiano, roughly two and a half, three years ago in a COVID quarantine hotel. And we were allowed to go for on a, on a walk for about one hour a day. We promised to come back. And this is where we kind of started sparring uh, ideas. And uh, my co-founder, Cristiano, he's an, he's an architect. He comes from a long family line of architects. And he told me about how this design phase that we're now active in uh, as, as layout, which is uh, automated floor planning, is one full of frustration from every party involved. And, and that kind of got me thinking and got us both thinking. And that led to what is now layout. So... From that point, what did it look like to actually launch and create the automated floor plan? Were there other competitors already? Was it a bit of a jump to get into it? What was that journey like? So at the time, especially, but, but nowadays even more, there was quite a bit of hype around generative AI in the, in the architectural space uh, with the likes of SpaceMaker coming out of Oslo, where we were located at the time, especially. And uh, what they did very well was like, hey, you have a plot of land and how big can you build a building on it? And, and uh, how tall can you build and what is the influence of that building on the surroundings and the surroundings of that building? And by now, there's at least 50 other companies that do the same. So that's, that is kind of like the outer shell. But what we realized is that nobody is really tackling one of the problems that's a bit closer to our hearts. And that's the existing buildings that are already there. Because uh, existing buildings, as many say, uh, very often are the most sustainable buildings compared to replacing them for new buildings. But technology was very much addressing just how to build new buildings. And uh, we were thinking, like, why can't we help to uh, find ways to reuse what is already there? And that's uh, why we chose for the niche that we're in. It's like, okay, you have a building and uh, especially with commercial spaces, you have a tenant just moving out. Uh, but how can you then figure out uh, how to reassign the space to a new tenant that's coming in and using the latest technologies for that? So that's really a use case that back in the day was, was really not addressed. Uh, but even today, there's a lot of smoke and mirrors with others claiming that maybe do something similar. But you really see that the complexity of, of handling existing buildings, think uh, window elements, corridors, emergency exit, pillar placement, etc. That's really not something that's easily optimized upon. So that's what triggered us to focus on that sustainability angle and complexity and lack of competition. Very cool. So before we actually jump into sort of the actual problems that are being solved, and I'd also like to touch a little bit about your experience building this. Before all of that, mm -hmm. um, you've had quite an interesting road to get you to that meeting with Cristiano. Can you tell me a bit about that? How did it all really stop you? Yeah, I mean, I guess ever since I was young, I've been quite international in my mindset and, and being, whether that's traveling, studying or working abroad. And my last uh, paid employer before employing myself as, as CEO was uh, one of the largest ride hailing companies in the world called Ola. And uh, back in the days, I was mainly responsible for launching their services across Europe, but mostly in the UK. 
And that really led me to kind of, yeah, introduce me to this tech scene where you have a software and try to scale it across borders very rapidly uh, and cool. to try and take market share very rapidly. And uh, that fueled my entrepreneurial aspirations to do something similar, but then in a different industry in the end, uh, which is, uh, is real estate. But uh, yeah, that got me to think about starting my own business at least. Yeah. And so I guess the the excitement seeing what was possible over at Ola then started to ignite the entrepreneurial flame. I, I see you've also been at Antler. For those who don't know, tell us a bit about Antler and what was happening there. Yeah, so Antler really focuses on profiles such as myself that have a relevant work experience, entrepreneurial aspirations, but maybe not necessarily the right co-founder or idea. And they set up programs in yeah, more than 20 countries at the moment already. And basically what they do is they bring together co-founders with or without ideas and, and put them together through an intensive program to then um, yeah, see if, if there's any magic that happens, uh, meaning co-founders finding each other, uh, coming to good ideas that are worth pursuing. And, and in the end, actually, Antler can also invest at the end of the program. Uh, in these startups. So you kind of start off from day one with a, a global investor uh, backing you. And this is where Cristiano and I also fueled our, our entrepreneurial aspirations even more after finding each other in the quarantine hotel. Yeah. And stuff. So onto the actual problem within the industry. Correct me if I'm wrong, but my understanding is that traditionally this process of filling up an architectural floor plan was pretty slow, pretty painful the slowness of it would potentially even kill deals. And also there was not really good information, not good data on the floor. So there's a bit of a direct question to you. How does the philosophy of speed and getting things done quickly, I've worked with you in the past, I know you get things done really fast. How does the philosophy of speed and getting things done quickly, how has that influenced A, the impact you're delivering to your clients, but also the ability to grow your business? Yeah. Well, I mean, think about anyone who's ever been involved in sales, either on the receiving end or on, on the one trying to get the sale across. You want to hook that person while you have them. And one of the biggest things that kills sales is a long sales cycle. And um, yeah. uh, when it comes to floor plan design specifically, it comes very early on in the uh, in the sales cycle when it comes to real estate. So imagine yourself, you're the tenant and you have a growing company needs. And I don't know, you need 100 people and you want to see how you can fit them in a certain space. Well, normally you would come to me, for example, as a real estate owner, and I would tell you, I would write down your preferences and say like, okay, you know what? I'm going to find you someone who will draw your floor plans. If you're lucky, you'll get it within one or two weeks, but otherwise it might be several weeks, right? And in that time, you might go shopping around and it's been a bit of a, yeah, maybe a less interactive conversation overall. Maybe you saw some stock photos, et cetera, but there's this loss of attention span and, and, and that's kind of exactly where we try to situate ourselves in like being able to generate personalized floor plans within a few seconds because we would basically do the same thing you tell me what you want but then i fill it in right away in the software and i click on generate and between three and, and ten seconds later you start seeing your personalized floor plan options on the screen and then you can start thinking like okay. hey this one i like that one i don't like can we just change this a bit can we change that a bit and then once you walk out of that first meeting then you kind of already know how you could populate that space and you could know how your where your team would fit, where your, main, your own personal office is. And that really shortens that sales cycle a lot. Uh, and, and because of that, especially nowadays with all the economic turmoil and turmoil in commercial real estate, it really helps you to lease out buildings quicker. And that's really where the value is in, in speed. Beautiful, beautiful. Really well answered. So when it comes to actually layout as a business, the technology is obviously really cool. Um, how long did it take from that sort of that meeting 
to actually generating revenue and doing sales? Were you able to do it without a product or did you need a product at first? I ask this because many entrepreneurs sort of have some connections and can start doing deals mm. beforehand. What did it look like for you? Yeah. And honestly, like this is also something that they'll try and teach you at Antler, but like uh, there's so many companies that get their first revenue just on Excel and then claim it's some sort of technology, but it's actually someone doing it in the manual work behind it. But the problem is that our tool, again, has to be instant. So uh, we had very little opportunity to do some some window addressing there and, and really uh, fake it because we wanted people to have the software on their system and to be generating it without our, our, our interference, right? So that with that in mind, we really had to go uh, a full-on like uh, uh, tech approach with a lot of researchers, uh, scientists, both internally and externally working for this to try and, and build that algorithm that automates the thinking of an architect, uh, includes regulations and architectural practice, et cetera. Uh, so that took a long time to answer your question. It, it, it took roughly two years of, of, of hardcore development before we were fully confident, like, hey, this is now uh, good enough to put in a live environment. And um, yeah, that's that's just the nature of, of the type of uh, problem that we're trying to automate, which is at its surface very easy to understand. But if you go uh, deeper, then it's it's a lot more complex than one might, might think. But now we're in incredibly happy with the result. And I do think that that also explains a more technical and, and because of that commercial mode that you can build out, because it's, it's simply not easy. And to my knowledge, nobody has really been able to do it to a similar extent as we have. Fantastic. So more towards the actual industry today. Obviously, it's a very different time to what many real estate players are used to. Interest yeah. rates, for the first time in a while, are high. It's no longer a game of just making any investment decision. Before, it was always a good decision. Real estate eventually will sort of go up in value. Whatever you put down on the real estate, the yield will be probably higher than the 0.5% interest rate. So whatever, it's always a good decision. <laughs> now, it's pretty tough for investors. Mm -hmm. Um, at the same time, some new curveballs, now they need to be smarter about how energy efficient the building is, how these sort of building might help them towards net zero goals. There's increased requirements on data, you know, with regulations like SFDR. It's a completely different mm -hmm. playing field. And while that on the one hand means that there are some companies that can really get ahead and capitalize on it. At the other hand, some companies might feel that they're, you know, they're falling behind and they don't really know what's going on. What do you make of all of that? And how does how can layout help, if I can sort of shamelessly yeah. ask you? <laughs> I mean, we're in the commercial real estate space. Uh, and what we see there is kind of like a, a split almost in types of profiles within the industry. So it's it's kind of tougher for almost everyone, depending on the geography, but especially in, in the more Western geography. So it's almost tough for everyone. And assume that's the case, then you have kind of like two profiles. On the one hand, you have people that go in defensive mode, like cost cutting, don't do anything crazy. Let's just uh, sit the storm out and then see what, what's left of it and then start building again. But what I see and, and what I'm, of course, looking for as an entrepreneur and as, as a CEO as well, is like I'm looking for those profiles that are like, hey, it's really tough right now. This is the time to double down on technology, to double down on, on savings, to make sure that we're in a, in a healthy position and, and an advantage position for, for when things are starting to get better. And, and now you're starting to see signs again where maybe the real estate industry is, is going to grow again and it's going to get better again. And then those individuals will benefit the most from these technologies such as ours. So, so that is kind of like one thing that we notice. Another thing that we're really benefiting from is that there's not so many new developments anymore. So, uh, But what mm -hmm. happens is that the existing developments are, of course, uh, the ones that are already made. They are still there and there's still money to be made, especially with increasing competitions and all. We see an increased focus on these existing assets.
And how do you, again, coming back to the point from myself earlier, if you look at software and especially in the architectural design space, there's not many softwares that will help you handle existing buildings. Um, so this is really where we have an, kind of like an advantage over all these other solutions that help you build new buildings. So we've actually seen an increase of interest because of that, of like, hey, I have these spaces. How can I deal with tenancy turnaround quicker and more efficiently? So it, it's really been more beneficial for us, to be honest, than, than anything. Yeah, really interesting. And you know, one point we've heard come up quite a few times 80% of the buildings that will be standing in 2050, they're already here, mm. already yep. being built. So, you know, people thinking about those new buildings, turning them efficient, that's actually going to have a, a small impact in terms of the net outcome will be you mm. know, by 2050. So, um, no, really, really interesting there, Valta. In terms of the, the future for you, what's next for layout? I'm going to ask you about yourself as well. But in terms of layout, what's the next entrepreneurial checkpoints for you? Yeah, a bit in line with what you just mentioned as well, really leveraging that, that most of the, the buildings are already there, but not just the buildings, but but also the increased desire to reuse everything within that building if possible. So meaning in, in many countries, whenever you would switch between tenants, you would strip everything out. In the Netherlands, even the flooring, I don't know why, but uh, um, <laughs> but, but uh, we're kind of moving away from that. So also as a solution, we're we're not necessarily focusing primarily anymore on these cat A kind of like empty spaces and, and, and generating on that. But our algorithm is now being tweaked to accommodate for like, hey, let's upload the, the tenant that is now leaving their floor plan, put in the request for the new prospect and then mix and match and see how much of the previous tenant's floor plan can be reused. Let's say you ask for a certain closed office of a certain amount of square meters or square foot. Then we'll kind of scan the previous tenant's floor plan to see if there's already something similar to that. Maybe it's a meeting room, but then maybe you can leave some of the petition walls, et cetera. So you can kind of get into the circularity of things. So, so I think that's a, a, a really close milestone that we're focusing on right now. Uh, but additionally, we've got an incredible amount actually of interest out of different verticals, seeing what we're doing now for offices. So uh, one of them is, is, hey, can we do the layout for hotels? Can we do layout for data centers and warehouses? And one that is very relevant at the moment is that we have several developers in conversation with us related to layout for office to residential conversion. So old office buildings being converted into apartments. And again, because we have this like unique ability to generate within existing spaces, taking into account regulations and stuff, we could also play a very big role there. So we're also considering spreading a bit more vertically across different types of floor plans. Fascinating. And... The conversion from office space to residential, is that something you see increasing over the next few years? What do you think is actually going to happen to the office? I mean, it's definitely, it feels a bit like there's a massive check going all across the industry of like, hey, can we convert any of our buildings? And, and everyone is is doing those checks manually. So I think there's a great opportunity for companies like ourselves. But how long this will be like, it's it's, it's hard to say. I think very much depends on the geographies and it is very much maybe even the most depends on the government incentives and it doesn't just mean financial incentives such as in germany and then even in the us to have some but it also means how flexible the government is willing to be on the regulations because very often these buildings are not necessarily fit for purpose and me for example i wouldn't mind so much if i have a little bit less daylight or whatever so i as, a, as an end buyer i wouldn't mind but the regulations just don't allow for several of these buildings to be converted into apartments because of for example daylight etc so um there's really need a need to be a bit more lenient there uh, for it to really work and if that's the case then i definitely think it's a growing industry it's many so one 
one other variable in this equation is the fact that lease lengths are getting much, much shorter. Um, mm-hmm. And before, you know, if somebody takes an office, sort of a big headquarters, that's just sort of theirs. It's they're sort of there to stay, and that's that's really it. Now companies are changing in size so rapidly. I think that also comes down to the fact that just the work culture in the West is very different. People will hop from jobs uh, more frequently. It's it's easier than ever to look for new jobs. You don't have to literally run the streets throwing CVs around. You know, mm-hmm. on your way home, people are just looking on LinkedIn at other jobs. So. Do you think that's going to have an impact on the requirement for increased usage of layout, but also increased office swaps? What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, in general, it, it's something we feel like we're still benefiting from. That although it, there's some that claim that the trend leads to less office usage, meaning a less market for us to pursue, right? But uh, it is rightfully so, as you say, that average tenancy period has been dropping. Uh, but to be honest, it's been dropping for a very long time from the data that we see. Uh, we do see an increase post-COVID, but it's, it's, it's kind of just accelerated. So what will that mean to the office space is very hard to know exactly. But uh, again, I do think there's a big difference between certain geographies. There are certain countries where the going back to office is, is really quite present, uh, such as, for example, Norway, where we're located. People tend to go back to the office quite a lot. Um, mm-hmm. But there's other countries where it's really a lot less. Personally, I, I believe very strongly in a company culture such as Atlassian has, where there's offices there if, if you need them, but you don't have to come in. And that will, of course, mean that those offices will be a bit different. There will be more focus on collaboration, less so on having your own personal workspace. So you really only come to the office if you need to work and, and, and talk with other people. And otherwise, you might as well just work from home. And I definitely think that that's a trend that I expect to see more often, especially also for tech companies such as ourselves. Okay, very cool. Um, in terms of the next few years for layout, you know, we've heard a lot of exciting things from you guys. I think you were even coined the most promising prop tech startup out of Norway. I don't want to misquote, but I have read that somewhere. What does that actually mean in terms of what you guys are going to be doing? Are you going to be launching potentially new products that can be stacked on the back of this? Are you going to be now just selling it every, everywhere? Are you going to increase your marketing? Are you going to grow the, your team? What's really the next steps for you? Yeah, as I mentioned, we spent yeah roughly two years on, on pure like R&D, just building the algorithm and making sure that the algorithm is able to kind of deliver results similar to what an architect would be able to do. And now that we're there, we're really in this like scaling phase. So we've uh, mm-hmm. throughout the past uh, while we've been able to do projects in, in at the moment, I think 28 different countries across the globe. So it's really a scaling kind of period for us because um, we're getting recognition for both the problem and the way that we're solving it from all across. So I think there's plenty of opportunity there. In terms of product, there's definitely some new technologies we will integrate. Uh, but I think most of the efforts will be about bringing layout to the masses across the globe. And that's where at least my primary focus will be going forward. Interesting. And when, when it comes to the new products component, do you, or the, I guess putting work there, is it to mm. increase how good the current offering you have is? Or do you think in terms of keeping the product offering you have right now and adding something that you can upsell to current clients? What, how, how are you playing that one? Yeah, so I kind of see our, our generative algorithm as our, as our technical mode. So very hard to do, very, it took a long time to do and, and still haven't found any alternatives in the market. So that's kind of like a foot in the door. 
And what we're going to be doing now is we're going to add a lot more like modules to that. So one of the things that we, we most recently posted is like the, the one that's, that's very typical in the industry and, and, and a lot simpler, to be honest, to do than, than the first part, but adds a lot of value, which is using uh, uh, rendered imaging or rendered video walkthroughs and such. Even though it's not as, as difficult as, as the first part of like being able to work with the, the endless list of constraints when, when making a, a floor plan. It adds a lot of value for that tenant again, for like the prospect of being able to kind of envision how a space would look like. And, and this type very of technology cool. is very well studied, very well exercised already. There's many different ways in which you can do it. So this is just one of the, the different functionalities that we'll be adding to, again, that, that very solid core that we've been building. That is, that's going to be really cool. I hope we can see that before September. That would be really, really cool. Um, yeah, yeah, we'll be sure to, to have it ready by then. Uh, I'm pretty confident <laughs> we can. So so then the workflow is really like, hey, you fill in your preferences, you click on generate, you get your 2D plan, iterate on 2D plan, click on 3D, roughly wait four or five seconds, have your 3D model and click boom, render. And then within that same conversation, you probably have your rendered uh, images as well. Again, it's all about speed uh, and engagement. That is so exciting. In terms of your tips for other potential entrepreneurs out there who are interested in, in listening to what you're doing, what would your advice be starting a company now and, and scaling it like you are? I mean, definitely something I've learned throughout my journey is try and find at least a problem that is personally felt by either yourself or by whoever you're doing the journey with, right? So in my case was Cristiano that very clearly could explain like, hey, architects don't particularly enjoy this space. The tenants feel like they have to do like 10 different meetings just to get to the floor plan. So they're not enjoying it and, and they're getting less interested. The owners are not interested. So kind of find a problem where uh, ideally nobody is, is really to spend time in. Um, and then ideally also find one that you can automate. I'm always one in, uh, big hmm. believer of, of technology more so than a service. So that's also something we try for as a company. Really want something to be hands-off, scalable. Uh, so think about optimization problems where humans just lack maybe the, the time and capabilities to compete with, with advanced algorithms. And that's for me, at least a recipe for success. Um, yeah. Amazing stuff. Last words from me. I would love to give a huge shout out to Valter for doing this podcast. Valter has, and I hope he doesn't mind me saying this. He's received a lot of praise from a few of the <laughs> attendees at PropTech Connect in 2023 and one of the attendees i'm not going to mention who reached out to me or speaking with me personally and he was saying the thing that's great about what layout are doing is that they've very clearly understood sort of the pain or the pain point of who they're speaking with so you know that the, the sort of quote that came out of that is don't sell the feature just sell the so what i think even a lot of the times even from myself as a founder I could go to an entrepreneur like you and say, our conference has X, Y, Z, la, la, la. Doesn't matter. Really, the only thing that's going to matter to somebody like Valter is this is going to be the, the conference that allows you to partner and get deals. That's it. And with Valter, of course, this is the solution that will remove their pain and helps actually helps them get deals as well and helps them with what they're doing. So, you know, really interesting to sort of pick at your brain, Valter, and, and chat with you on this one. Thank you, Matthew. And, and, and I'm really pleased to hear as well uh, about the compliments that I've gotten. And I'd, I'd love to find out who it is to follow up on those if I haven't already. So thanks a lot, Matthew. Awesome stuff. That's it. Thanks for everyone who's listening. And I'll see you in the next one.